What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Two Smart Dummies Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Marcus. And I'm your host, B. Reed. What's going on, man? Nothing much, man. Excited to get into these playoffs. Yes, sir. We talking about the NHL playoffs today. Um, you know, Nashville Predators down one game to nothing. So you're um, just going to make everybody turn the podcast off immediately. What do you mean? Isn't that what we're here <laughs> to do? The excitement of the NHL, huh? We don't want to break down the Columbus Blue Jackets and the Tampa Bay Lightning? I think we went through this before. I can't name three NHL teams. <laughs> to go with the fact that I believe like almost all NHL hockey teams, their mascots and names suck. It's like terrible. Uh, that's a fair criticism. That's a fair criticism. Um, <laughs> <laughs> There's not any great like names that go with the cities and then the cities suck. But I'm not going to bang on hockey because I'm not really into it. I don't know. What, the Phoenix Coyotes? I mean, that works. We got Coyotes out here. Outliers, but grand total, the majority of them suck. Like, Las Vegas Knights, that shit's trash. Yeah, I'm trying to think of a good one. Um, Tampa Bay Lightning's good. Yeah, Lightning, okay. Um, Yeah, I mean, for the most part, I guess you're right. Um... (laughs) But whatever, you know, uh, Toronto Maple Leafs, that works. Yeah. Uh, the one that doesn't make any sense is Montreal Canadiens. Like, what the hell is that? Um, uh, <laughs> all right, man. So we got the NBA playoffs. We finally made it through the last two weeks of the season, which was just a real drag. Um, what are you looking forward to? Yeah, man, I'm, like, I'm with you. I'm just glad that the regular season was over because it's just – Teams were limping through it. Um, the majority of the playoff spots were, like, locked up besides for the, the bottom half of the East, which no one cared about. The West were just kind of playing for seeding. So there were some exciting games in the West, but that has been for, what, the last 10 to 15 years. All the excitement has come from the West. Um, but there's not a lot of great first-round matchups looking at this. I mean, I'm looking at Boston Pacers good. Um, Houston Jazz maybe. that's a good one. What would you say? I don't even think that Boston Pacers one is good, and I think that I don't think that's a good match. I don't see any way that that Indiana beats Boston. Um, I do agree with you with Houston and and Utah, OKC, and well, I don't even know but if that's Houston. A good one. Didn't Houston I'm sweep intrigued. the Jazz last year? And I don't think that the Jazz have gotten considerably better. I actually think the Jazz are a pretty good team this year. Um, you know, they they were actually the best team in the NBA coming after the All Star break. So you know, they've gotten hot. Um, and you're always wonder you're always worried about Chris Paul and what his his injury um, status can be. So, um, but I'm I'm intrigued by this Brooklyn Philly series, particularly if um, Joel Embiid does not play in the first game or two. Yeah, they did split the regular season matchup, and what I'm saying about that series is. The Nets are dangerous if they can make you play their pace because Philadelphia is not a good three-point shooting team. So if the Nets can get hot, make that, you know, make it an up and down running game and don't slow it down point shooting team going against a team that's not very good at shooting a three-pointer. Now, you know, Joel Embiid is the big difference because if you get that, I don't think they really have any legit answers for Joel Embiid, but without him, like it could it could get it can get ugly real quick. You know what's weird to me? 
and I, I just we, we're gonna go down a, a different road real fast because I want to bring this up first. We're in a playoff series without LeBron James, or in a playoffs without LeBron James, who's still an active player in the NBA. Um, does that not feel weird to you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's, it's definitely odd, especially because he's been such a staple in not only getting to the playoffs, but dominating the East and getting to the finals. So not being in the playoffs at all seems kind of crazy. I mean, you don't have Dwayne Wade in the the playoffs. You don't have LeBron James in the playoffs. Uh, No Carmelo Anthony. Like that whole class (laughs) is like out of the playoffs, right? Melo didn't even make it to 2019. Yeah, he didn't even get picked up by a team. Like, the Lakers wasn't even good enough so his homeboy could bring him on for a playoff run. How ridiculous is that? No one would have ever guessed that. I mean, I mean, is this the way Carmelo's career ends? I mean, kind of like that Allen Iverson style where just no one picks you up and you're out of the NBA and that's it? Yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, the, the, the determining factor in that is always the same. If you have too much ego and too much pride to come off the bench, like a Iverson, like a Carmelo Anthony, which makes sense because they were really good friends. <laughs> but if you have too much pride to come off the bench and become a role player and do some different things, then you're not going to be able to extend your career. Look what Wade did. Wade, for the last two seasons, he decided to come off the bench and still play great, still got his stats. He could play another two or three years if he wants if he wanted to, obviously, based on this season. He just doesn't want to. Vince Carter, if you're not willing to step back and take your ego out of it, then that's what's going to happen. You're not going to have this. Uh, you're not going to have a Dwayne Wade ceremony or a Dirk Nowinski ceremony where everyone's, you know, welcoming you and telling you how great you were. You're just going to kind of fade out. And that's what happened to Carmelo. Sadly, that's what happened to Iverson. Just kind of fade out. So, all right. What do you want to talk about first? We'll get to the playoffs here in a minute. But do we want to talk about this Lakers fiasco? Do we want to talk about the farewell tour for Dwayne Wade and Dirk and Whiskey and and where they kind of rank all time amongst the all time greats? Um, Because, you know, it's kind of crazy to see, you know, two Hall of Famers, top 25 players all time, you know, of all time um, and, you know, top five in their respective positions you know, retire at the same time after so long. It's going to be a weird NBA season not to see Dirk in Dallas and Dwayne Wade in Miami next year. Yeah, we could definitely jump into that, but there's no way we cannot start off with the Lakers debacle. I mean, I think this – I want to talk about this because this has to be a reality check for Lakers fans because because for years – Lakers fans, no matter how bad they've been over the past six years, they just always think that they're going to return to glory here soon because they're the Lakers. And I think this this offseason and this season in general has been a reality check for the Lakers. What do you think? Oh, 100 percent. I mean, I've you've you've read a lot of the articles that people within the Lakers organization and really what teams around the league think about the Lakers right now. And it's kind of nuts. Um the Lakers are still running this franchise like it's 1980, 1995, something like that. Um, you know, they've kind of pointed out that Jeannie Buss has no idea what she's doing. And the fact that Magic Johnson, while unqualified at the time, was a really terrible uh, VP. And he thought that just being Magic Johnson was good enough. That I mean, the dude would be, he wouldn't, I mean, he's running three separate businesses. He still owns the Dodgers. He was running, you know, he he would be absent at, at for weeks at a time. He didn't do any scouting. I mean, the Lakers are a complete 
train wreck. But that's Completely. what that's going back to what I was talking about with Iverson and Carmelo. It's the same thing in the management part for the Lakers, Lakers fans, and everybody associated with the Lakers all over the place. They've always had huge egos. You got Jeannie Buss thinking that she can just do the same thing that her dad did, which the rules are completely different. You go hire Magic Johnson when she was quoted as saying there's only like four people that could run the Lakers, Magic, Kobe, and two other great Lakers, Jerry West. Uh, but that's an old dynamic. Like they don't even like they said Magic didn't even know the collective bargaining agreement before he started his job. How are you going to be the president of basketball operations and not even know the salary cap. You know what I mean? That's right. That's a failure to start with. So it's just the way they run the team, the ego and just thinking because we're in LA, because we're in this big, big market, because we had these championships in the eighties and nineties and early two thousands that people just are dying to play for the Lakers. So we have to do the bare minimum that's out. Now LeBron fed into that because he wanted to come to the Lakers for reasons that had nothing to do with basketball. And that kind of fed their egos to say, see, we can get a huge star. No, LeBron chose you. You know, he recruited you. Like, LeBron could have went anywhere he wanted. He, he just called you and said, hey, I'm coming there. That wasn't a recruitment. That didn't take any effort. They have not been great at getting free agents. They have not really been great at trades. I think they've done pretty decent at drafting, but they don't keep their talent. So it's just, it's just, it's terrible all the way around. They're a laughing stock of the league, and people still think, oh, it just take that in the offseason, we're going to get Anthony Davis and everything's going to be fixed. It's not that simple. And and they don't even have the best package to offer Anthony Davis or to offer the Pelicans for Anthony Davis, especially now that, that uh, um, what's his name? David. Uh, David Griffin is there. Um, you know, I think that they, I think Boston has a better package. I think that the Clippers have a better package to offer. And depending on what happens with this Knicks draft lottery, the Knicks may have a better package to offer. I don't. I don't see a way that the Lakers can get Anthony Davis or really anyone. They don't have the trade pieces because, you know, this blood clot with Brandon Ingram is pretty scary. Yeah. Uh, you look at what happened with Chris Bosh. I mean, I mean that it, that's now being taken very seriously. Um, uh, Alonzo, this season was a complete mess for him, and I, I you know, I mean. What are the Lakers doing? And then to fire Luke Walton, who was a really good coach, um, but LeBron comes in, all of a sudden this guy can't coach. Luke Walton, the best thing he could do, this is the best thing that can happen to Luke Walton because he's going to go to Sacramento. He's going to go to the Grizzlies, you know. um, (laughs) But he's going to go somewhere else, and if it's Sacramento, that team's going to be in the playoffs next year. Yeah, and and then you hear that they're looking to bring in Ty Lue. You know what I mean? Like this, a puppet, a yes man. Why? Yeah, you're just bringing in. So why not just go full? Just go full LeBron and just be let LeBron be the first player ever to be the coach and GM. How about we just do that? I mean, not coach and GM, but the first player to be a player and a GM. We've already had player coaches, but we see the moves that are being made. You cannot tell me that indirectly LeBron isn't kind of pulling the strings on this. And I wouldn't be surprised if that didn't have something to do with magic and not wanting to be there. And Luke obviously didn't want to be there. I mean, it's hard to coach. If they don't allow you to coach, they don't allow you to run your offense. They don't, they don't allow you to do the things and you're not coaching. You're just a puppet. Like Ty Lu might be okay with that, but Luke Walton's not okay with that because he doesn't feel like that's going to build a winning franchise. Then you have LeBron alienating all the young players. How are they going to get trust back? You they uh, you could say that oh no I want to I want you guys there but then you're gonna go into the off season and do the same thing you did mid season and try to trade them for Anthony Davis again 
Now you've alienated them twice. You know what I mean? So I don't understand how you can build trust on this team to go along with what we talked about earlier. You miss out on Anthony Davis and you miss out on Kawhi Leonard. What are your options? What are your options after that? Then you're looking at going into the next season with, you said Jimmy Butler? Yeah, I guess. Wow. You gonna put yeah. LeBron and Jimmy on a squad with young players? Yeah, it doesn't sound like it doesn't sound great. <laughs> but it, it's really interesting when you read those stories about the Lakers and you hear about LeBron coming to games with a glass of wine and Rondo being a much better teammate than LeBron and being more supportive to the young players. LeBron is checked out, man. He's I don't I don't believe he's trying to win anymore, man. You know what's crazy is as big of a LeBron James fan as I am, this season has been disgraceful for him. Like, legitimately disgraceful and embarrassing. Um, the the yeah, the glass of wine. The even when he wanted to go to Chris Bosh's retirement ceremony, he was gonna skip the Lakers game and just say you know. But he said that oh, the NBA's been on my ass about that. It's like, look, dude, like you're acting like LeBron James acting like he just works for the Lakers. Like he, you know what I mean? Like he just taking PTO or you know you know. It's yeah, like, he acts like he's an executive already. I mean, even when he was hurt, you would see him standing with Magic Johnson and Palinka, and they're all in the tunnel like evaluating talent, like. You're still a player. I understand you're yeah. LeBron James, but I think they've empowered him way more than he's ever been empowered. Because even in Cleveland, there were some power struggles. There were still... And know, Dan Gilbert wasn't playing that shit. Yeah, Dan Gilbert, especially after he had left and came back. And then in yeah. Miami, you know Pat Riley wasn't going from that. That's that's part of the reason why he left, because Pat Riley wouldn't allow him to run the team however he wanted to. So now you get into a situation where you're at the Lakers, where they're just falling down at your feet and willing to let you do whatever you want. And you see how that turned out. LeBron has to have some type of restrictions on him. I mean, as great as a player as LeBron is, like Magic Johnson was a great player. That does not mean that you're great at doing moves or understanding the salary cap or getting the right players to match your team. What you think may work for you may not actually work for you because of the ego that I talked about. Yeah, I mean, so before we get off the Lakers, because I'm irritated just talking about them, um, the quick fix for the Lakers in my mind, and everybody's talking about the Buzz family selling the team. I don't think there's any way they're going to do that, to be realistic. But if you're, the, if you're the Lakers, what do you do? Do you say, hey, Bob Myers up in Golden State, I'm going to send you a check, or I'm gonna, we're going to meet, I'm going to give you a check, you write your number down. Same thing with Sam Presti. Get a real fucking GM in there, a real VP of basketball operations who knows what they're doing, and they come in and say, Jeannie, you're lovely, you're great with the media, but get the hell out of the way. And that's going to be the biggest problem. You're asking for control freaks to relinquish control, and that's going to be the biggest Well, and her problem is that they want to do everything that, you know, it's like— Oh well, she's a former. She he's a former Laker, so come on in. And it's like that does not get you. That's why they're looking at Tyloo because he played for the Lakers. <laughs> like I mean, the, it's definitely the Lakers, fraternity. They do have a fraternity they, thing going on. They barely have a scouting department. I mean, these people are legitimately run like it's the 1990s. And you look at an organization across the hallway that is running laps around you right now with. Jerry West with uh, a Donald Sterling, who's be- not Donald Sterling, uh, Steve Ballmer, who's become a really good owner, um, Doc Rivers, who now they, they, who is a really good coach, and Lawrence Frank, who's been a really good VP um, or general manager. Like they are doing things the right way, and you look at the Lakers, and they're just an absolute mess. But you know, 
if I'm the Lakers, I would come, I would if I'm Genie and I really want to fix this, I get a top-notch GM. I try and get Sam Presti. I try and get Bob Myers. I get rid of Rob Palinka. Magic's gone. The the thing about bringing Kobe in was just absolutely laughable, and I hope that was a joke. Yeah. But definitely. you just say, look, and if I'm that GM, I come in, I say, look, Bron, you don't have a trade clause. You're our best trade asset. We'll see you later. We're gonna we're gonna call Philadelphia. Well, I definitely wouldn't and do that because you're. Gonna, I would. LeBron I would. is way too powerful for you to alienate a player like LeBron. He could. They're already struggling getting free agents, but there are what some Jerry moves West that do? could devastate your franchise. What would Jerry West do? He would Jerry trade, West would he ship wouldn't trade his LeBron. At, he he would, wouldn't trade him to Phoenix, but he would trade him to. He would call Philly and say, "Hey, will you give us Ben Simmons?" Only way he trades LeBron is if LeBron is totally okay with it. And I don't think he is because, like I said, I think LeBron has checked out of basketball. In in the midst of this season, LeBron has produced a two chains album. He has seven shows on TV right now. Like LeBron, they is, trade his ass to the Clippers. Like I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah. Take some of those Clippers players, draft picks, whatever. Yeah, you can stay in LA. LA, we'll do right by you. So you think Jerry <laughs> you know, West is LA. taking LeBron? I'm just saying, <laughs> what would Jerry West do? <laughs> Jerry, if if the Lakers decided, hey Jerry, you're a Laker, come on across the hall. You're, I know you're old. You're a consultant. You know you don't have to be here during the day today. Jerry, first thing Jerry West would do is the same thing his ass did. They're like, oh hey Blake, you're gonna be a Clipper for life. Yeah, we're gonna see you later though. Yeah, yeah but I mean, if, like, but if Jerry West was that, this this wouldn't even be the case if Jerry West was the owner. Because if Jerry West would have knew LeBron was coming to the team, then that team wouldn't have been structured so badly. That's the funny part about it is. The things with Magic have, you like, we can look at the big free agent stuff. We can look at missing out on AD. We can look at all that. The the It's the base stuff that he missed out on. Like, okay, you let go of Brooke Lopez, somebody that was a, a really good piece to play with LeBron to go get JaVale McGee and Tyson Chandler. You know what I mean? Like, you go get Rondo and you already got ball. So Did, it, didn't resign didn't resign Julius Randle so you can give that money to Rondo. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it, it's just the moves made no sense. Like, none of them across the board, none of those moves made any sense. Um, you could say that, you know, Randall and LeBron wouldn't work together. But, I mean, Randall did a pretty good job coming off the bench for New Orleans Pelicans. You didn't even give him a chance. You know what I mean? Right. So, it was just, I don't know. It was, it's bad. They're still, they're still running off the premise that they can just overpay. And that's what people forget. People think well, that they the Lakers. that loophole. Yeah, people just think that the Lakers was just so good and it was L.A. and it was this, that, and other. No, they pretty much ran the Lakers like the Yankees used to run um, baseball. They just overpay. That's all. Shaq left Orlando to come to L.A. because, because they Los could Angeles could pay them more money. And they didn't care about playing the luxury tax. The luxury tax, tax was just matching it dollar for dollar, so you're just paying double. They had they didn't care at all. So it's that loophole was closed. Ever since that loophole has been closed, the Lakers haven't gotten one quality free agent not named LeBron, who, again, LeBron picked them. They didn't recruit LeBron. They didn't convince LeBron. LeBron said, I want to go to L.A. to get my studio up, to do these shows, to get my son to play for this school. It had nothing to do with Magic Johnson or the Lakers. Well, and then the fact that, you know, you couldn't even get a meeting with LaMarcus Aldridge a few years ago. You couldn't even get a meeting with Paul George Last year, and he said I mean, he wanted to play with the Lakers. Exactly, and you couldn't get so, a meeting with him. <laughs> you know, it's just the, the late. Uh, we'll move on now, but the Lakers are a mess. They're going to be a mess for the foreseeable future. 
Um, but before we move on, I would say that the Paul George thing is where they really messed up because now they're doing for Anthony Davis what they should have did for Paul George because they had a way better chance of getting Paul George. If they would have traded for Paul George instead of just saying, oh, we can sit back and wait till he comes from free agency, I think the Lakers would be going on a different path because if you got Paul George there and he didn't go to OKC and LeBron was obviously already always going to go there, then they would be in a lot better position with LeBron and Paul George. And then, real quick, you talk about the Lonzo Ball fiasco. They've already pissed off Lonzo by trying to trade him, and so much so that he was threatening to have a surgery that the Lakers did not okay on their ankle, on his ankle, and so much so that they said, if you have this surgery, we're going to void your contract. Well, Lonzo, I'm, man, I'm starting to feel sorry for Lonzo because I think Lonzo has the potential uh, yeah. to be great. But Lonzo, not too. only does he play for a bad organization in the Lakers, he has bad management. He has bad people bad around him. Like, it doesn't seem like anything is happening in early in his career. Now, I'm glad it's happening early in his career before he gets his big contract. But it doesn't seem like any of this stuff is in his best interest. So I'm glad to see, looking at more stories, he's starting to take control of his own career, get better management behind him. Because it sounds like there's a lot of spots that could have ruined this kid's career early on these first mm-hmm. three years. And I was going to say, shit, I had the surgery and void my contract, but that's a quick ticket out of the NBA. Yeah, so nah, y'all won't be playing with no guaranteed yeah, money. Yeah, <laughs> can't be doing that. So, But I, I think the best thing for him would be to get the hell out of L.A. If he can force it, and it's it's hard to do, but if he can somehow force a trade out of L.A. Um, and the Lakers need to blow their I, – I don't – I'm done with the Lakers. <laughs> I, I, let's, let's move on, man. Let's talk a little bit about um, – our, our top 25ers that are that are that have announced their retirement uh Dirk and D Wade who ranks higher to you and I know you're a Heat fan so let's hear it yeah of course I'm gonna go with Dwayne Wade I feel like I respect everything that Dirk's done like I didn't respect Dirk early in his career but I mean I respect Dirk's career I respect everything he's done that 2011 championship was beautiful he took it to another level but uh I'm, I'm a huge Dwayne Wade fan man I can't I mean, Dwayne Wade, just like Dirk, you know, Dirk won one against uh, Miami. My uh, Dwayne Wade carried them against uh, Dallas, so they're one and one there. Of course, Dwayne Wade had was fortunate enough to get um, LeBron James and Chris Bosh to make their team a little bit better. And Dallas, you know, had the ego of Mark Cuban of thinking that they can attract free agents because they won a championship and kind of took a lot of Dirk's prime away from them. Uh, so... I would have to go Dwayne Wade. That may be biased. I just think overall he had a better career. What about you? See, in my mind, I think Dirk is the probably the third best power forward of all time. I think he's a top 15 player all time. I've got Dwayne Wade as the third best shooting guard of all time, top 25 player all time. Yeah, I mean, if you're talking about impact, I mean, it's hard. To, like, I'm not going to say, like, we've seen a Dwayne Wade before because we haven't seen exactly a Dwayne Wade before, but we've seen that type of player. You know what I'm saying? A strong shooting yeah, guard. Yeah, Dirk revolutionized play. the position. Yeah, but Dirk revolutionized how you play the game. Like, right. like Kevin Durant, I don't know if Kevin Durant plays that style without Dirk being there. You know what I mean? That stretch right, forward. Right, exactly. I think he changed the dynamic of how we play the game period now that's why all power fours have to shoot three to stretch four Dirk Nowinski Nowinski changed all of that so you have to give him a little bit more props for that the the thing I hate though is you know you look at the first 13 years of his career and those were those were great 
Um, the way that the, the, the thing with Dirk that I get a little upset about is that he did not hold the Mavericks feet to the fire a little bit more during the last eight years. You know, he won that ring. It was a monkey off his back and he was good with whatever happened. Um, you know, when they traded Tyson Chandler, it was a bad look when they, when they decided that they were going to blow everything up after the 2011, because really they could have won that, that 2011 championship as well, if they kept that team together or made, made a few switches here and there. But um, yeah, I don't think they would have won with that same team, but you're right. It's, instead of like trading those players away and trying to shoot big, if they would have just solidified, you know, got one uh, mid-tier level talent instead of like trading Tyson Chandler and trying to get, you know, a, a top-tier talent with that money that Dirk gave back. You get someone who can come in and do what Karan Butler did before he blew his knee out, um, that type of, that level of a wing player, because Kidd was fine for another two years after that. Um, and he, he showed that in New York. Um, you know, so you needed that. I, I think they brought in Vince Carter. Maybe that was a little bit after. I actually don't remember now. Ter- uh, Terry both- Terry wasn't. I mean, Terry was a big part of that championship, and he kind of he was good, but he wasn't to that level ever again. I mean, Terry played right. out of his mind that playoff series. I don't know if people remember how good Jason Terry was. And that was and he got in LeBron's head. Yeah, and that is funny because that was when LeBron got that stigma of locking down players because during that first-round matchup, they put him on Derrick Rose, and he kind of shut Derrick Rose down. But people forget he did not shut Jason Terry down. If you could shoot a jump shot, LeBron's defense has never been that tough. All he does is play off you, dare you to shoot it, and then try to contest it. Well, with a player like Jason Terry, Jason Terry lit him up doing that. Yeah, but, you know, the way that the last eight years for the Mavericks have gone, I wish that Dirk had, had said, hey, y'all need to get some motherfuckers in here because we not, we're not even making the – when was the last time the Mavericks were good? And he gave, and he gave <laughs> I mean, back money to do it. That's that's the big right, thing. That's why exactly, I, I wish made, Dirk would which, play another three years. Because they, they – well – he reminds me of a mummy. No, no, so no. I, I'm I not talking about play. I think he should <laughs> sign a $5 million contract and just sit on the bench and chill. for They they owe Dirk that money. You can't take – he gave money back. You did nothing with the money. You took years they from his failed career. Him. They failed him, man. And that, that that was that's the irritating thing. It's like I, I'm glad he got to play his entire career with the Mavs, but they failed him in in the last eight years of his career because they the Mavs were barely competitive after that championship uh year and and it's it's unfortunate and i think people are kind of okay with like hey dirk's great he's you know the what fifth leading scorer all time 10th out you, you know he ended up becoming a really good rebounder but the mavericks did not do right by him um the last year. and i think mark cuban got happy with that championship not realizing man that was eight years ago but, that, i mean no one no one remembers well we barely. always we always talk about how getting to the finals or winning the championship, people take that for granted to say, oh, we can do, it's easy. You know, you do it too early or you do it too easy. You know, people start thinking. Now, I wouldn't say that about the Mavericks because they got beat by the We Believe team. They had records. And so they should have appreciated it more. But teams like OKC and the Seattle Supersonics with Gary Payton and Sean Kemp. Orlando Magic. Yeah, Orlando Magic. You always take that for granted. Like, oh, we'll get back. We'll get back there. It doesn't work like that, man. You have to continue to build. That's the one thing I like about the Warriors. The Warriors are always trying to get better. They're always trying. Okay, DeMarcus Cousins on the block. It'll, it'll, you know, you have to pay more salary cap. So what? Give them the $5 million. You know what I mean? They're always taking chances to try to make their team better. You have to respect it. I do. I, I agree 100%. Um, but before we move on uh, to the playoffs, it, it's going to be weird to see – 
the Miami Heat without Dwayne Wade. I mean, I know we saw it for a little bit in Chicago and in Cleveland, but let's try not to remember that. <laughs> um, and then, of course, you know, the Mavericks seem like they're set up for the future because, again, I'm a big Luka guy. If if Porzingis can come back and, and be close to what he was, I think that they're set up great. Um, but it is going to be weird to not see Dirk sitting around there. Um, kind of like, you know, it was an adjustment not seeing Kobe with the Lakers. Um, you know, so it happens, but... Um, those men, uh, you know, to the all-time greats, I, I do think Dwayne Wade's third best shooting guard of all time for now. Um, I think Dirk's the I, – I know that people – you and I disagree on this. Yes, we do. I actually think Dirk had a better career than Kevin Garnett. I would take Dirk over, over KG nine times out of ten, to be honest with you. No way. But I, I know we kind of disagree there. Yeah, we discussion for another time, you know. Uh, the same thing that bit Dirk – is the same thing that bit Kevin Garnett. So I don't understand how you can give Dirk that credit, but the the loyalty factor of just wanting to stay with your team and wanting to do the thing that everybody wants, like LeBron and Kevin Durant to do, that's the thing that happened to Kevin Dur- Kevin um, Garnett, and it bit him in the ass because he wasted great years not only being in Minnesota, but Minnesota, it wasn't like today. Like, Minnesota wasn't on TV like that. You know what I mean? So I don't know if people realize how great Kevin Garnett was through his career. I know you do, and you just like Dirk better, whatever. But I, I just don't see any way because what you saw from Boston is like a watered down version. Oh, it was a shell a of shell what of what was. Kevin Garnett was. So just imagine if he was at a team like he would have been Bill Russell. You know, what I'm saying? I don't know if they would have won like eleven championships, but that's kind of the mold. He was a winner, you know what I mean? And it, what he did with that Minnesota team was kind of great if you look at the talent that he had around him. I mean, he made, what was that dude named Troy Daniels? Troy uh, Troy Hudson. Uh, Troy, uh, Hudson. Troy Hudson, yeah. He made Troy Hudson look like he was an all-star level player for like two or three years. Uh, to be clear, I'm not disputing KG's greatness. If you want to tell me who is the top five, and, uh, you know, I think, I mean, if you think about it, I've got Duncan, Barkley, Malone, or you can switch those two around. I don't care. Malone, Barkley, whatever. Um, then it, for me, it's KG, or excuse me, then it's Dirk, KG. For the longest time, I had Kevin McHale right there, but I mean, I think both of them are better than McHale. Um, yeah, I think that's the top five. And I, whichever way you want to put it, I think they're both two of the top five power forwards of all time. I, I, I For me, I just think that with Dirk revolutionizing position, you know. The impact on that is just, it's a big deal to me, you know. And to, and to really carry that team to a, 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 an NBA championship, you know, against going against two top, you know, Hall of Famers, or however many it was, if Chris Bosch gets in, three Hall of Famers, um, you know, that's really a feat for me. Well, you know, I'm, our list, our list is, we're going to have to jump into this one day because I don't have, I don't have Barkley or Carl Malone up there. Like, I'll take... In the top five? I mean, not above Dirk or Kevin Garnett. No, I got come, come I got on, Tim come Duncan. On, come on, Ernie. I got Tim Duncan. Right. I got Kevin Garnett, and then I take Dirk. Charles is a good argument. I put Charles at four. Like I love Charles' game, but Charles didn't really ever win shit besides that one time with Phoenix. I mean, uh, you know, I I think he's shit, a great. He dragged a team to the NBA final. Now you talk about had, another he, guy I mean, who he had KJ. He had a good team. That was a really good team. Yeah, but KJ was hurt that year, if you remember correctly. KJ was KJ got hurt. He blew. He he hurt his knee, and uh, he was never the same after that. But you, if you you think about it, and 
Charles Barkley talks about this. He he said that if he had a do-over, he would have forced his way out of Philly sooner because they wasted a good amount of his it. career as well. I, I believe that. I mean, so that, I wouldn't argue Charles. I put Charles in there. But Carl Malone, I mean, people can argue. I argue with people every day. I do not think that Carl Malone was – he was a good player, top 10 player, but I don't. I just can't respect – if you look at John Stockton's assist numbers, <laughs> you look at Carl Malone's scoring numbers – I think he may have the highest amount of assisted points than anybody on that list, man. I just, I don't know, man. I can't put Carl Malone up there. I, I know I'm in the minority. I'm just not the hugest mailman fan. I'm just not. Yeah, I, yeah, I got, I got to disagree. I'm with not, you. man. That power one hand dunk and the the little shot at the free throw line. I don't respect any of that, man. And you dis- you always disrespecting my boy John Stockton too. No, I don't. I say John Stockton is like one of the best point guards of all time. You said he ain't even top five. I ain't I've gonna never tolerate said this. That. You're you're a liar. You're a liar. I've never <laughs> said that. <laughs> Don't put that on me. Don't put that juju on me. Uh, all right, man. Let's get to the playoffs. Um, let's kind of run through the the matchups in the West real quick. Um, so we've got the one eight is going to be Golden State and L A. Uh, Clippers. Um, you've got Clippers making. You it, know, the Lakers aren't. That's funny. Crazy, Twilight right? Zone. You've got the Houston Rockets, the four seed at the five seed, Utah Jazz. I don't know why I skipped so many there, but uh, uh, I, I forgot you're, you're that Houston You're going sides of the, the bracket. Seed. It's okay. I see how you're looking at it. Well, I forgot Houston wasn't the two seed because they lost that last game of the season. Um, and then you've got the two seven, which is Denver and uh, uh, Denver and Portland, I think. No, oh, no, no Denver, Denver, San Antonio. San Antonio and then you got OK – Okay, sees the three seed, and uh, Portland the six. No, Portland. Sorry, Portland. Yeah, you're all over the place. <laughs> I am, man. Damn, my bad. Man, I the one thing I I would say looking at this bracket is that OKC lucked out because for a long time, the last for the majority of the last two to three weeks of the season, OK was sitting at like the eighth seed, and they were looking right. dead in the face at a Golden State first round matchup. So for them to turn it around and get Portland, which I think Portland is a three seed, right? Or is Portland a six Correct. seed? Portland's a three? Portland is a three. Okay, C is the yeah. six seed. So for them to move up to sixth and get Portland in the first round, which traditionally Russell Westbrook has dominated Damian Lillard. OKC and could not ask for a better first-round matchup than Portland. Portland did everything they could to not play OKC. And they, because they were trying to get Utah, and uh, it did not work out for them. Yes, Portland. This is the worst matchup, and man, what is that going to do for Damian Lillard's legacy if he loses in the first round again as the top seed? But you know what? It it is kind of you know CJ McCollum's been hurt. You're losing. Excuse, um, can't start with the excuses for Nurkic. Nah, I get it though. Nah, it's, you can't. Uh, everything looked good for Portland it's, until it's not going to look good for Dame Dollar. Because he got locked down yeah. by Drew last year. We already know what Westbrook does does to him. So if they lose, he better go nuts. Because if he does another performance, this is supposed to be the redemption year. And Drew locked yeah. him down. Now he's going against Westbrook, which traditionally has given him trouble. Now that last game, Dame sparked him. But we're talking about a seven-game series. And you're going against Russell Westbrook and Paul George. And George has kind of been coasting these last two weeks. Man, I don't, I don't, like, I don't like it for Portland, man. <laughs> Yeah, I I don't either. I honestly, for me, the the playoffs are gonna run pretty chalk. I don't think that San Antonio's any good. 
Um, I think that I think Denver probably beats them in five. I I don't see Golden State. I mean, honestly, the Clippers Patrick are Beverly are, factor. Good story, but unless he's going out there and trying to hurt Steph, which is yeah, possible, that is, that's crazy. the factor. <laughs> Razorback. That is that is um, the factor. <laughs> yeah. So, but I don't I don't see a way this goes more than five. I don't really don't see a way it goes more than four. But if you're the Houston Rockets. You really fucked up because you had a chance to be to get the two seed, and now you're the you're the four seed having to to really play a, a really good Utah team who was the hottest team in the NBA going down the stretch after the All Star break, um, and now you've got to play if you win this game or in the, if you win this series you got to play Golden State in the second round. That sucks. Yeah, I don't think the Jazz. I don't think the Jazz has what it takes. Like I said earlier, last year Houston kind of dominated them pretty easily. Uh, now, Mitchell had a horrible series. He could be better. I just don't think they have enough. They don't have enough scoring power in my mind, and the defense isn't good enough to stop. The defense isn't good enough to stop James Harden. Part of that's going to be because the NBA refs are not going to give them the benefit of the doubt that you would get in like a Western Conference Finals matchup against James Harden. So, usually in the first round, he kind of gets his way. And you need the you need the NBA refs to kind of be on your side a little bit, not let him get all those BS calls. And I don't think that's going to be the case. But yeah, they did screw themselves. You did not want to face Golden State in the second round. You want to get Golden State in you know the finals. But getting Golden State in the second round with Golden State having home court advantage, we saw what happened last year in the Western Conference Finals when Golden State had when Houston had home court advantage. Now, I, I just don't know, man. I don't see. I don't see this being working out how Houston thought it would work out. But as I said earlier, this worked out perfectly for OKC because I think OKC has a good chance to get to the Western Conference Finals because even though Denver is a really good team, they play really hard, I don't know that they got that dog in them. You know what I mean? I don't know if they got that playoff physicality. The physicality of the playoffs are a lot different. And joking, you know, flopping, and this is their first time there. I mean, even though OKC has had some trouble over the years, Russell Westbrook has been there. Paul George has been there. I mean, we saw what a healthy Paul George can do in the playoffs. If we can get that Paul George this year, like the Paul George, what was it, 2012 or 2013 against LeBron? If we can get that Paul George, Mm -hmm. OKC has a really good shot of making the Western Conference Finals, and I actually think they will make the Western Conference Finals. Yeah, and I think, honestly, I think if Houston had a – Got in the second seed, I think that they would have given Golden State a real problem in the way. Like I, I could have seen them winning that series um, in a Western Conference Finals, assuming that they make it and, and they're healthy. Um, not saying that it was a like I would have put money on it, but I could see that 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 it wouldn't have shocked me if Houston made it to the finals. Now coming in as a, as a four seed, having to travel for three rounds in a Game Seven scenario, I just don't see it. I just don't see it. Unless you get an injury, you luck up, you get an injury to Golden State, which it's possible. Yeah, it's possible, and it's got to be. It can't be Draymond. It's got to be someone serious. But <laughs> but you know what I mean. Like um, <laughs> it can't be Draymond. It's got to be somebody can't serious. Be Draymond. The disrespect. You know. <laughs> I mean, it is. I mean, they is. lost. I mean, they lost the finals because Draymond was out. So you got to give him more respect hey, that than was, that. But that was that was four years ago, and Draymond has not been the same player since. Nah, I would I would so, argue the problem is that he has been the same player since. <laughs> or yeah, it depends on which way you look at that. But you can tell Draymond's one of those cats that's not going to age well. Like Draymond's not going to be Draymond's going to be coming off the bench in the next three to five years. I guarantee that. Yeah, and that's why that's why um, I don't think they go to stay to give him a max, and I'm leaning towards that he leaves this offseason. Yeah. So. Um, 
I don't know what to make of this Western Conference. The first round, I think, is going to run pretty chalk. I, it wouldn't shock me if it wouldn't shock me if Utah beat Houston, but it would. I, I, I have a hard time thinking that it's going to happen. But I don't really see any upsets in this Western Conference first round. Do you? Okay, see. Okay, see, losing to Portland. No, winning isn't Portland. The, Portland's the favorite. Well, but yeah, again, I don't. I think. I think that OKC is favored. Are they? Um, I, I, I hadn't looked at the I, line. I think they're favored. Okay. Um, so you know, that's that's not an upset to me. That's just you know, Portland ran into some bad luck, some bad injuries, and and that's just the way. If it they goes. lose, uh, if they lose, does the coach get fired? Uh, man, I think he gets a mulligan again. Your starting big man breaks his leg. CJ McCollum now has to play his way back into shape. Um, in the playoffs, that's not ideal. That's it's hard to put that on the coach. You know what I think they I should mean, do? He got him to, and I think this is kind of a reverse of Golden State because you know how Mark Jackson was there. He was the foundation for the defense, and after they built the defense, they went and got Steve Kerr for the offense. I think mm-hmm. they fired Stouts and went and got. Uh, I always pronounce his name wrong. Yoger, is that his name? Oh, Dave, Dave Yeager. Dave Yeager. Yoger. And you yeah. put him on that Portland team, and he teaches he his defensive principles and playing hard and you know discipline. I think that Portland, but he's such an asshole though. He, he is a he great is, coach, but that's but what Portland needs right now. They're too soft. Dave Yeager is going to be in demand, and he's going to get a. I mean, he, he and Luke Walton are going to get whatever job they want. Um, and honestly, if Terry Stotts gets fired, he's going to be right there too. So you know, it's kind of a win-win for everybody nah, in, that, in that situation. Nah, Stouts end up uh, in like. Orlando, and not an Orlando job in open, but he'll end up like at the Cavs or something. He'll end up in a shit job. Yeah. By the way, doesn't Larry Larry Drew gets fired every year by somebody? It seems yeah, like. Yeah. <laughs> so. I thought at the beginning of the year they said that the only way that he would coach if they took the interim tag off and gave him the contract. And then I thought they gave it. Bro, that seems like so long ago. I thought he's been coaching. I forgot that Ty Lue Ty, Ty coached for them. Yeah like six games of the season that was that seems like 10 years yeah ago. and i thought the whole thing was they he was not going to be an interim coach they had to give him the coaching job and they gave it to him and they said i would give it to him just far as at the end of the season larry yeah. drew gets no respect <laughs> all right man let's jump over to the eastern conference real quick um again hold on who's your western conference finals golden state okc golden state denver ah <sighs> who you picking man <sighs> I'm going Golden State, OKC. I'm on record. I think that OKC will beat Denver in seven. I think it'll be a really tough, close matchup. I just don't think Denver has that dog in them. This is the first time they're in the playoffs. Golden State, I'm taking Golden State over Houston 4-2. I think it's going to be disappointing because of what we saw last year in that series. Golden State faces OKC, and I think it goes six, Golden State going to the finals. It's hard for me to argue that just because young teams like Denver is doesn't usually – just run through the playoffs like that. Um, and, and OKC is preseasoned, although I don't believe in their coach at all. I think Billy Donovan is terrible. But um, neither here nor there. But Back-to-back championships <sighs> in college. This ain't college. <laughs> uh, I do think that Oklahoma City is the best team out of all of them, top to bottom. Um, Denver, I do like Denver. I just, I, I really do think that they need that Pat Beverly, that, that, that they, they need a dog. They need someone that's going to be like, yo, I, even if they don't they don't score, they need someone that's gonna put them on their back with an attitude and say we're not losing this game, um, and they just don't have that. Denver seems like a bunch of guys who are just kind of happy to be there right now. So um, recreational ball AAU players. 
Yeah, I, I, I think I think Denver could be a year away, two years away. Um, I, I don't really see it for him right now. And the way that that Houston fucked up um, by getting the four, uh, I, I think you're right. I think it'll be Oklahoma City. If I had to bet my life on it, I'd say it's OKC, Golden State, with Golden State making it to the finals year five in a row. So let's go to this East, the best conference um, in the NBA. <laughs> so you got uh, uh, the Bucks Pistons first sweep. round matchup. Blake Griffin's hurt. That's going to be a sweep. Um, you got and I don't think the Bla- Toronto I don't think Raptors. Blake Griffin's even playing his first game. I don't believe. No. Yeah. No, I don't think he is either. Um, you got the Toronto Raptors, who no one's talking about for some reason, um, against the Orlando Magic, and I, I honestly I think that's a sweep. Yeah. Um, and then you've got Philly Brooklyn, which I actually think is going to be an intriguing series, depending on what's going on with Joel Embiid. Um, who may not play today. And if nothing else, um, that broke, it'll give a Brooklyn the national stage they need so people can see how fun they are to watch. Mm-hmm. And, man, they really are. They're they really, team. really are. They've got a great coach. D'Angelo, They've got I think, really I good players. I think people have forgotten. Like, when you see D'Lo, people are going to be like, damn, the Lakers fucked up. Because <laughs> D'Lo is They're way really, – he's what people thought he would be. Yep. So I think that's going to be a really good series, and then you know Boston, Indiana. If Oladipo is playing, I would I would say this would be a good series, but there's really no one on Indiana that can do anything with Kyrie Irving, and Marcus Smart's not playing. So Gordon Hayward has been playing better of late. I think that this actually helps them be able to to play the guys that they want to. You know, you can give more minutes to Tatum, you can give more minutes to Brown, you can give more minutes to to uh, Hayward um, with with this Marcus Smart injury. So I, I actually think that this. Is good for Boston, particularly in the first round. Yeah, it's funny because Boston, um, it's funny that it's better for Boston to have injuries because they're so deep. They're literally like too deep now where you can't get the rotations down where you need them to get any uh, kind of what fluid fluid play or, you know, kind of for them to gel together. Continuity. Yeah, continuity. Right. They get a lot better when people get hurt. Now, Marcus Smart is the one player that I would say they could not afford to lose. They, but if they – in this series, yeah, I think that's what I said. Okay. If they can get them back by the second round, I'm a huge Boston fan. Like, I, I only think that this Pacers matchup would be tough because I really respect. Uh, was it Perkins? Sam Perkins? What's his name? No, no. Oh, I say Sam Perkins, not uh, Sam Perkins. Uh, <laughs> Nate, Nate McMillan. McMillan. They both played on Seattle together, Sam right? Perkins. All right, yeah. That's why I got them confused. <laughs> and Indiana, yeah. yeah, yeah. But Nate McMillan, I really respect how he coaches, man, and I think that he'll just now they they're missing Vic. That's tough. I mean, Vic would have made this series a lot different. But, I mean, I just – Brad Stevens in the playoffs with Kyrie. I just – I love I love this Boston team. And I'm, I'm picking them to upset Milwaukee too. That's for the future picks. But, yeah, I love Boston. Ooh, spicy. Uh, I'm not safe like you, so, man. I'm not safe like you. So, you got – you basically got uh, – I think there's only four good teams – with with a wild, I think there's only four good teams in the West and a one wild. Sorry, in the East and the one wild card team in the East, and I think that's Brooklyn. But um, this, I think that this is going to be a very, very, very boring first round for uh, for the NBA playoffs, in my opinion. Um, the second round, on the other hand, may get a little interesting. Um, you'll have uh, Milwaukee, Boston, and then you know i he said may i think i, I think this probably would be the best i'm going to ledge and say this is probably going to be the best second round of the playoffs overall that we've seen in probably the last 5 or 10 years i would agree i mean that. you're going to have boston milwaukee philly toronto more than likely 
OKC Denver, Golden State Houston. Is there a bad matchup yeah. in that? No. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> no. That's exact. You kind of want to just fast forward or at least hope these game, that none of these series go seven. Um, you know, because I, I kind of want to just skip the first round and get to where I, or get to that second round um, because I'm not I'm legitimately not excited for any of these first. I'm kind of mad that they pushed it to seven. Why couldn't we just keep it at five? A light five. Get first round should with. be five, man. <laughs> just get it over with. You know, they wanted they wanted to give those eight seeds one more game, and they you know everyone gets to make that playoff money. But no, I just bring it back down to five and get it over with. So. We talked about our East Coast, or our, our Western Conference. What about the Eastern Conference? Um, for me, I think the finals. I think it's going to be Philly and Toronto. Excuse me. I think it's going to be Toronto and Milwaukee in the finals. Obviously, you don't think that. I and I, I think Toronto, when healthy, I think they come out of the East if they stay healthy. Yeah, a lot like I was talking about with OKC. Traditionally, Toronto has struggled in the playoffs. You know, that might be the DeRozan factor or whatever you want to say. But the fact that they're on the same side as Philly, and I just think this Philly team, Philly's going to be forced to make a decision, in my opinion, in the next year or two because the way they're built is flawed. I love Ben Simmons, and I love Joel Embiid separately. I do not think don't like yeah, I do not think they're a fit together. And if you have to pick one, you definitely have to pick that Ben Simmons is going to be the one that has to go. I don't think that they can play together Correct. with Ben Simmons not working on getting a jump shot. Either you're going to have to do that, or you're going to have to try put all shooters around. I'm talking about JJ Reddick, Kyle Korver's elite level shooters around them, so they can actually run their offense. Well, and it, what happened to Ben Simmons? I mean, this dude did not—he did not get better this no, year. No, he didn't, and that was in the regular he did not season. Grow. So he was tragic in the play. He was like tragic magic in the playoffs last year. So now you put him in the playoffs he, again. Do we think that he's going to do better this year? And you know, I really watched Gian, you know Giannis come in and just push him around, and like he's supposed to be a Giannis type player, and Giannis is clearly his superior. Yeah. Um, Giannis is a superior you know, to like almost everybody. <laughs> Well, for sure, but Ben Simmons, when you when you looked at him last year, like man, this dude is gonna be a problem, and you look at him now, now you're like, yeah, he is a problem, like in the sense of he's a liability. <laughs> I mean, the last five minutes of a game, you barely want him on the floor. He can't shoot. He can't shoot free throws. He can't shoot shit. So you know, I mean, I would I would seriously say they they really need to consider like playing him for three quarters, doing your rotation where he gets his minutes, maybe playing him all of the second or all of the third. You know, that funny things that coaches do, play him like all the first, all the third, and then do another rotation just to finish games because he really hampers Joel Embiid's space down low with him in the game. And even putting a TJ McConnell and a JJ Redick in there together, you have Tobias Harris, you have Jimmy Butler. If you can put though that lineup, have a closing lineup for like the final four minutes that does not involve Ben Simmons, I think they would be a lot better. And you could play Ben Simmons his minutes. Like I said, let him play the whole first, let him play a whole third, get him in rhythm, and then have a closing lineup. And that's I would like to see if the Sixers could have a do-over. Or if they could somehow, what I would like to see, if I'm them, if they if they don't get out of the second round, which I don't think they will, if you're New Orleans, why don't you say, hey, we'll take Ben Simmons off your hands. It doesn't look like it's going to work out. Take Drew Holiday. That's a, Drew Holiday is a perfect fit for that team. Like, perfect Drew want to go back to Philly, though, the way they just And Drew them. does want to go back to Philly. That would be, Drew Holiday on this team, that's a one seat. And that's a pro, like, that's a team, Drew Holiday you take if you just did a, a straight up swap with the team as as is right now, 
I would pick Philadelphia to win the final. Yeah, I mean, you put Drew Holiday on that team. That team is devastating. I mean, the way Drew Holiday yes. can defend, because that team already defends well. But if you if you're looking at a lineup of Drew Holiday, JJ Reddick, Tobias Harris, Jimmy Butler, and Joel Embiid, I mean, I agree. That, that's that's a, a final problem. team. That's a problem. Um, but the fact is, Drew Holiday's too old for you to do that swap. Uh, but I mean, I mean, and that's fair. But but Ben Simmons, it's, it's the same thing with Lonzo Ball to me. Is those guys are they can't be pieces of a team that is trying to win now. Those are guys that you have to send to a team that's going to be bad. Let them get their reps. Like if if you had sent Ben Simmons to Orlando or New Orleans or same thing with Lonzo. Like if you put him in Phoenix, a team that's developing, you're going to see the potential of those guys. But as and and they they can kind of like D'Angelo Russell in in uh, Brooklyn. You know, because point guards they take a while. They take a while to become those good players. But there's so much pressure on him right now because Philadelphia is in win now mode. And they pushed all their chips in to get Tobias Harris, to get Jimmy Butler. But your point guard, your starting point guard, is a legitimate liability. Because, so, I mean, I don't, I mean this team isn't going to keep Jimmy Butler, obviously, because you want to take I'm, – I'm guessing they're going to get Tobias Harris and they're not keeping Jimmy Butler. No matter what they say, I don't think Jimmy Butler stays. So what about a trade for Ben Simmons and Anthony Davis? Is that a better package than anybody else's offer? I mean, you know, there's some there's some other pieces make salary work. I don't know about their draft picks or whatnot, but if you if the if the serious piece of that trade is Ben Simmons going to New Orleans and Anthony Davis coming to Philly, is that a better package than Boston can offers with offer with Tatum? Because I say yes, 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 I I think so. Because I why you know we're again we're talking about Ben Simmons who has been a has a, had a disappointing season, but again I think that. It's just because the spotlight's on him. If you go and you put him on a team where he can grow, um, and and you know has some time to play all eighty-two games and figure out, you know, he can make mistakes, he can learn. I think that he, I still think he has the higher upside um, than Jason Tatum, who I th- I think is going to be a good player. But um, yeah, if you're Philly, I would I would do that, I've, especially as as I saw how Demarcus Cousins and and um, um, and Anthony Davis were such a problem last year. I mean, he and Embiid could certainly play together, and that's a frightening Because of the versatility of both. They both can shoot from outside. They both can pass. They both Mm -hmm. can dribble. That's not the same. That's not your traditional four or five, two big men matchup. Like, they're – now they would still need a point guard, I and mean, I still think that if they could figure out a way to get a Drew Holiday, which I mean, I don't know that that could happen, but if they could, but I mean, I mean, you're t- if, if we're being honest, if you put those two together, then shit, T.J. McConnell is just fine. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but you're you're probably gonna lose J.J. Um, and you're gonna lose either Tobias or Jimmy Butler, and I, I'm in agreement with you that I think. It's Jimmy Butler who who goes. Are we um, saying if you if you get the I, talent, I, I think Philly's you can gonna go g- get a DJ Augustine. DJ Augustine works with that team. Shit, you could get a Darren Collison, a a Jeff T. I mean, there's there's stopgap players you can get that'll work perfectly with that matchup. And, and and if you're Philly, I mean, the future still looks bright because you you do have trade pieces. I mean, like I said, Ben Simmons can net you almost anyone in the NBA. Um, but so. let's get back into these matchups. Uh, so we got Milwaukee beating Detroit. I got Boston, and you got Boston beating the Pacers. And I'm going to take Boston over Milwaukee. Let me tell you why. So as good as Milwaukee is, Milwaukee has been devastated with injuries at the worst time of the season. At the worst Malcolm time. Brogdon's out. Uh, they don't know if Miritich is going to be back. Miritich they traded for Paul Gasol. Paul Gasol's out. And this team has already been limited with shooters. 
You put that against a Boston Celtics team who's a veteran team who has veteran playoff experience with Brad Stevens who knows how to game plan for teams, and they're going to zone Milwaukee up. And I don't think that Milwaukee, even as good as Giannis is, I think he's going to struggle against shutting down the lane similar to how Pop used to do LeBron. And that's going to be the deciding factor. And I think it's going to be a surprise because they did the same thing to Philly last year. Boston has that defense on the string where they can shut down the lane where you can't penetrate. And if you do that to Giannis, it's going to make Milwaukee Bucks really struggle. Yeah, I'm curious to see how it works out. You know, if they can if they can make this a quick series with Detroit and give everyone a chance to rest, I think they'll be okay. Um, because, well, I mean, like I said, I don't I don't see Boston and Indiana going more than five games, yeah. but it they can would happen. need the Pacers to really play well and take Boston to seven. Right, and tire them out. But you really, cause you, you, again, Miritich is hurt, um, Powell's hurt, and, and Malcolm Brogdon, who's a really key cog in that offense um, and, and on that team in general. You know, they, they need those guys back if they're going to make a deep playoff run. But again, for me, man, I think Toronto, no one's talking about Toronto. I mean, these guys won 58 games in the East, but with. Uh, with Kawhi Leonard basically playing 50 games. Um, so when they're healthy, Mark Gasol has been a great pickup for them. And you can run the offense through him. He's been a great addition to that second year. I mean, I, I think that that's a team that, I mean, Milwaukee's going to struggle with them. I think Boston struggles with them as well. If if you get the right version of Kyle Lowry, if you get fat Kyle in the playoffs who remembers he's Kyle Lowry every year, then they're, they're, they're screwed either way. Yeah. But, but uh, I mean – if he if he's right, they're going to be a hard team to yeah, beat. Yeah, and I'm interested to see which Kawhi Leonard do we get. I mean, we've had a, I mean Kawhi Leonard's had some games, but for the most part, it's felt like a lot of the games Kawhi's been coasting. I don't feel like he's really put his imprint, and he hadn't had to because this is a really good team. This was a good team before he got there, so he hadn't really had to really put his imprint. But for a few games, you know, Golden State, where he really showed the Kawhi that he was before he got hurt in San Antonio. If that Kawhi comes out then this Toronto team is dangerous, like really dangerous. And they are gonna they will give Golden State a headache as well. But that um, goes back to Kyle Lowry. Only way they give Golden State a headache is if Kyle Lowry is in Kyle Lowry form. Correct. And quit pouting because he so, lost his boyfriend. I know, enough. <laughs> Tired right. of it. This whole, this whole doing <laughs> the pregame routine without him, like this is color purple, like I have some, yeah. I have some issues. Enough. Has some issues with that, yeah. So, and that's why that's one um, of the reasons why I can't just full heartedly get on the Toronto bandwagon because one half of that disappointment is still there. But I definitely think they run so through Philly emotional. pretty easily. Um, all right, man. Before we get out of here, who's our MVP? Uh, Giannis or James Harden? Giannis, no question. I think it's gonna be Giannis. Uh, and it's crazy because because James Harden had a historically great season. I mean, averaging thirty six points a game. Only two other players have done that. Sorry, three other players have done that. Um, you know, when you talk about Wilt, you talk about Michael, and then you talk about Kobe. I mean, that's <laughs> this dude. James Harden is for real. Yeah. He that dude is the for. The problem real. is, is you become a victim of your own expectations, and it's kind of like what happened with like Kobe or Jordan or any other player. Once you set the expectations so high, then you're not competing against the field anymore. You're competing against your own expectations. So yes, he had a historic year, but. I mean, James Harden, we've seen that. This is Giannis taking Milwaukee Bucks not only to the best record in the East, but the best record in the NBA. That's like – By three yeah. games, by like – by a big yeah, margin. Yeah, so that's that's totally different. And quietly kept, I think Toronto 
is also if they make the finals, they have home court advantage over Golden State. Also, I believe they should. Yeah, do. so that's two East teams that have home court advantage. Does it matter? Probably not, but it's it's good to mention. I don't know, man, because Milwaukee and Toronto, I mean, those are long teams that typically give Golden State problems. So, um, and, and I think, I, honestly, I think if, I, I think no matter who comes out of the East, uh, Golden State's going to have a problem because if you if you end up playing a Boston, Boston's deep. Golden State is not. Um, you know, so they can throw out guys. I, I think Golden State will win that series, but Boston's a deep, deep team. Philadelphia gives Golden State problems. They're so long. That starting five J.J. Redick is 6'5", and he's the shortest dude in that starting lineup. And length kill, doesn't kill Golden State, but it definitely hurts Golden State. And then Toronto, I mean, you know, I think whoever comes out of the East is going to be a tough matchup for Golden State. They're not going to be able to just run through it. Yeah, but the thing about it is um, Golden State, we always think that they're not deep, but they, they are. They just don't. You know what I mean? They have a lot of um, kind of situational players that they can play, which makes them deeper. Um, you know, if you go big, you get a big team, then they're playing Jordan Bell and Damian Jones or whoever, uh, Kevin Looney. If they're playing, if they go small, then you got, you know, Igadala and, you know, so they have players that are really good at playing their roles. And that's what happens when you play a good team with a good, really good coach team with a good system. And that's why I say Boston is a challenge. I don't know if Milwaukee's at that level yet. I don't think Philly's at that level yet. Toronto definitely is with, you know, Fred Van Fleet and all those dudes coming off the bench. So this should be a really good playoffs. Unfortunately, we all have to survive this first round. <laughs> yeah, the first round is going to be rough, everybody. But it's going to be a good weekend, man. We got uh, the Masters. Tiger looks like he'll make it to Sunday. Um, you've got the NHL playoffs for you hockey fans out there, like myself. You've got the NBA playoffs kicking off today, and then you've got Game of Thrones for the rest of you nerds tomorrow. Hey, don't so, disrespect. Don't um, disrespect, man. Don't do that. I'm I'm excited. It's a good weekend. Masters weekend is always one of my favorites. So. Random thought. Did you um, check out you the shot anything? last week? Oh, it started oh, back? That episode was so good, man. Damn, I didn't even know it started back. No, I got to yeah, go watch it. Episode two's come out uh, this Sunday, but that first episode was so good, man. You got to check that out. That was one of my favorite shows last year, so I'm definitely going to check that out. I, I didn't know it came back. Or, I, well, I was traveling this week, so I didn't really think about it. So I'm definitely going to be checking that out. All right, man. Well, that's it. I got Golden State versus I'm going to go Boston in the finals. Golden State winning in six. Who you got? I'm, I'm going Golden State, Toronto, and – to be determined. Oh, man. Oh, going out on a limb. <laughs> to be determined. I, I'll say probably Golden State and Saturday. All right, man. Be sure to check us out on Instagram at Two Smart Dummies. That's at number two Smart Dummies. Also, check out the network page at Two Smart Network, number two Smart Network. And we also have a Facebook page, Two Smart Dummies Facebook page. That's it. That's all. We'll holler at y'all. Enjoy the playoffs, Peace. everybody. Peace.